Welcome to CNN Sleep. The name CNN Sleep pays homage to our ancestral ways of knowledge sharing. Sienna taken from the color of clay from the earth that was used as a medium and writing tool. And slate referencing a blank slate, a stone, a tablet. These are the stories that don't get told anywhere else. Through a collective of storytelling, uh, sage advice, deep conversations, we celebrate the interconnected aspects of genius, resilience, scholarship, and well-being. In this episode, I share this space with Justine Wong, social impact calligrapher and creative workshop host. She's the founder of It Just Flows, where their vision is to hold space for you to create meaningful connections with yourself, your communities, and the world through inspirational words and creative workshop experiences. Welcome to the show, Justine. I'm so glad we were able to connect. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. and I'm looking forward to the conversation we'll co-create together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your work is so amazing, and I'm so excited to just have you as a guest. My introduction doesn't nearly do you justice. Uh, you. You're such a beautiful soul, and, and the light you give to the world is so inspiring. Thank you, you so much. Would you like to... Yeah, would you like to share a bit about who you are in relation to your work? Uh, anything that I forgot or, or didn't mention that you'd want to share just off the off the front of it? Sure. I guess that's all I'll say at this point. It's interesting in, in this audio-only format. Um, as an, a visual artist, it's, a, it's an interesting um, space to try to to show, oh, well, I can't show you that part of me. So let's see another way that I can do this. Um, but I do always like to share this one little story that connects to a lot of my work. And it just goes back to when I was a kid and how I, I had a very creative mother. And um, there's this one time when people ask me, so how did you get started with your particular form of calligraphy? How did you, um, how does, why are workshops so important to you, right? So um, the first little story is that um, in grade three, my mother brought me my first calligraphy pen. And in that same year, my third grade teacher bought us all, 20 of us in his class, uh, pens, uh, fountain pens. And so we felt so grown up to do our cursive practice. And so I came home with this pen and I was so excited uh, that I started to dance around the living room just drawing these large letters in the air. And I was just totally oblivious to the fact that I was dripping ink all over my mother's beige carpet, <laughs> dark spots oh, of ink. And, um, but all I remember is that she quietly cleaned up every spot. And I don't yeah. remember her yelling at me. She didn't discipline me. I think she knew that I wasn't trying to create a mess. Um, and I think that was an important defining experience when I was younger because that was that's the spirit that I'm trying to connect to and I'm trying to have my, my guests also connect to that space of no shame. And it's okay yeah. to be messy. And that there's a lot of perfectionism that can happen in art and calligraphy and, and anything art, anything that is very vulnerable um, yes. in that space, right? And so there's yeah. that. And then uh, as a daughter of immigrants, um, 
always feeling like an outsider, always wanting to belong and, and be a part of the group, uh, never quite being invited to the cool girls parties and things. And so that mm. always informs my work too, where if I'm in a room, whether it be a party, a gathering or a networking event or something like that, I it's like I feel, if I see someone standing off on their own uh, awkwardly, I, I just I just feel that. <laughs> just like I need yeah. to go over and say hi to that person. <laughs> So that's, yeah, yeah, that's all really my work is about creating space for people to, to feel welcome. Um, Absolutely. Our connection, my connection to the work that you do is this journaling Absolutely. piece. And journaling yeah. prompts are, are just about creating space. And those notebooks, those mm -hmm. empty pages are, mm -hmm. are space for, for possibility and reflection and con contemplation, right? So anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, that's fantastic. And it resonates so much with, like you said, like the work that I do as well with creating spaces for people, um, the the vulnerable, to be vulnerable in those vulnerable spaces, right? And mm -hmm. to put the perfectionism aside and to also create space for for you to get into your creative thoughts and to your, to your flow, yeah. you know, of how you, yeah, of how you work. Um, and I'm, I'm also like you to go and say hi to someone that's standing off on the side because I've been there as well, right? Mm -hmm. so when someone doesn't respond to you or does it introduce you or does it accept you into the, into the group and you feel like the outsider. So I am like you as well when, um, when you see that person and you reach out to connect with them because you never know what they're going through uh, yeah. in their own little world and what they may need, right? They may need just a smile and, and for someone to say hello, right? So just true. to invite them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so this is, we, we have the space uh, and the, um, the wherewithal for this recording, the video recording to be put on YouTube as well. So feel free okay. If you want to share some of your pieces and works, I am all for that because we need to definitely see the good things that you are creating because it's just so inspiring and they're beautiful pieces. Thank you. And yeah, they're very beautiful pieces. And then when through the workshops and then the social impact calligraphy that you're doing, right? And it's just like, wow, the work that you're doing is so important right now. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Yeah, what I love and appreciate uh, just from, from our interest is that you coach people in the messy imperfection of creativity, right? So yeah. you say that in creativity and life, right? And I love that so much. It's the intentional and meaningful ways that, that you create these spaces for people. How did, how did, how does this how does this work in your own world, like with your own? Yeah, because I know that there has to be an impact for your own self to continue to do this work. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because originally I would not have connected or thought that that's the thing that I'm inviting people into. I, yeah. I, I just started teaching in my living room because, well, it goes back to having a, a couple of roommates back in the day and we would, we were all fairly creative people and we would invite people into the space and just bring your own project, the stuff that you never have time to do yourself. Right. And so we'd have yeah. some snacks and some, some tunes and good company. And, um, 
and through that, people are like, oh, can you teach me some of your, you know, mm -hmm. what you're doing? And so it's just started like that. And so just focused on the art form and didn't think about anything else. Yeah. But when it started to get a little more serious, as in, oh, there's people who are not connected to me personally who want to show up and learn this from me. It was through working with them, realizing, oh, there's a lot of perfectionism that happens with art as mm -hmm. well. Any type of new art form that you might be trying. Um or with journaling, I had this mm -hmm. conversation with somebody uh, about how we would drag around these beautiful journals wherever we moved, but we would <laughs> never, we would never write in them because we didn't want to wreck the first page or you yes. know, even decide what am I going to use this beautiful journal for that I had yes. this <laughs> meaningful memory of buying or being gifted or whatever. And so, I mean, I had a journal that I carried around for I don't know how many moves <laughs> for over several years. Uh -huh. I finally was like, just use the dang thing, right? And it's supposed to be messy and it's supposed to be, you know, it's part of the process, right? And so once I started teaching and realizing that that was um, what stopped a lot of people, and I mm -hmm. think uniquely to the form of calligraphy versus say, just like abstract art, mm. right? Um, abstract art, I love that painting because it's like, it's not supposed to look like anything, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't, I have no knowledge. I have no technical expertise about yes. You know your tones or your perspective or your lines or whatever. So I'm not judging anything. I can't judge my own work even, right? Um, whereas mm -hmm. with calligraphy, because we know what a word looks like and we've seen beautiful lettering before yes. or fonts on our computers, we're, we're kind of judgy and we're like, oh, it doesn't look very good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course, mm -hmm. it doesn't look good. And and one of my students, you know, when you're getting started, it doesn't look good. And one of my students was like, this must be what it feels like to to be a toddler walking again it just it's very but I love the image of that because it's so a little toddler who's just learning to walk they're not judging themselves they're not there's not that far for them to fall they have a big diaper on usually and mm -hmm. they've got the support the safety of their their parent or caregiver there yeah. and there's just joy because they're discovering this new thing this new capacity that they've never had before it opens up their whole world once they yes. can walk right um and that's a lot like learning a new art form you just because you have mm -hmm. to push through that that imperfection and how I struggle with perfectionism in other areas of my life <laughs> for sure yes and I, I have to come back to what do you tell your students in this way, right? Uh, just yeah. get get through that. Just be okay. Learn to mm -hmm. kind of embrace that. Yeah, if you're doing something new, and yeah, it kind of feels uncomfortable, and it's kind of gross and messy. <laughs> but let's be. Can we adopt a an attitude of curiosity here and compassion? Yes. Like, what's where's that voice? Where's that judgy voice coming from anyway? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. What are you comparing it to? Who told you that before? Where did you get mm. that idea that it's it, that you're, you know, it might start with it looks ugly to, wow, I'm terrible. I'm not good at yes. anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. how, do, how do we escalate or, you know, how do we get down that hole so fast, so quickly? Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. yeah, that's a lot of my work is around um, giving people that space and that permission to be like, okay, let's look let's look at one another's work and that's what beginner's work is supposed to look mm -hmm. like, you know, say compared to if you're like learning from an expert on YouTube or something, it can be very tempting or even these beautifully professionally recorded courses that you can yes. take now. Right. And even as I pivot online, I'm like, how do I bring that, that 
community element where you're looking at one another's work in a healthy comparison where you're like, we're all in this together so that you're not just, you're not looking at my work and going, mine doesn't look like yours. Well, of course yours doesn't look like yeah. mine because I'm on chapter 20 and you're on chapter one <laughs> of your calligraphy <laughs> journey, right? So don't look at me, like mm -hmm. look at me mm -hmm. for the instruction, but then look around with the people who are in this journey with you. And that's, you know, it's going to be uniquely yours, right? So. Yeah. And that's awesome that you bring bring that uh, element into it as you're trying to move online, right? Because there's still that community aspect that's so important, that support system that's so right. important for us to not only feel isolated in the work and not only feel like, oh my gosh, is this right? Can I, what, can I even look at someone else's to see if this is, if I'm on the right track? Right. So that community element is so important with writing, with calligraphy, with creating, with just being in a new space for sure. Mm -hmm. That is very important. Yeah. For it, the work that we do. It's an interesting one too, because there is this dichotomy, this duality of like writing of any kind. So even the type of writing with the people, your, your audience, um, it's such a solitary act. And there is a yeah. point where you do have to get engrossed in it. And if you're too distracted with a conversation with somebody, I mean, the, my extrovert comes out sometimes if, if I'm co-working <laughs> and I'm like, okay, how do, it needs to be a co-working space where we're not supposed to be visiting and talking, right? Um, so there's that, there is that solitary element, but at the same time, if you're doing it on your own, it can be very, for some people, it can be very hard to get started mm -hmm. in the work for whatever reason, right? And connecting it back to yes. perfectionism sometimes for me, I don't get started because I'm afraid mm -hmm. of the, the thing that it's going to come out to For down sure. the end. Um, and so there is that, there is a certain power that comes when with co-working or um, knowing mm -hmm. that you're going to say, for example, if you're part of a writer's group or some kind of a group where you get to share, you know, you're going to get the opportunity to share at some point and have your work heard and seen mm -hmm. and acknowledged. That's a whole, that's mm -hmm. a whole other conversation about the, the, <laughs> the cycle of, us as creative beings. And I think with academics, you might not necessarily think, oh, this, not, this isn't really a creative work. It's not artistic, but it is. There's something about the creating something out of nothing, right? Or taking other ideas and putting yeah. it all together into this new thing that's uniquely your voice. Mm -hmm. That it, it, it would be, um, it would be just slightly stunted if it's not actually received, right? And for a place for it to be heard and for it to have an impact. And like, like you were talking earlier, just for that light to, to, to be put out into the world, right? And added to that absolutely. larger conversation, right? So Yeah, absolutely. And what you're saying resonates with academics as well. Writers, mm -hmm. thinkers, doers, it resonates as well because when we write anything, right? For publication or for a paper or dissertation work, we are creating something new, Absolutely. right? Giving a new spin on it, creating something new, giving it fresh perspective. Mm -hmm. So if it is not well received or if the feedback is harsh, then it's like, oh, that wasn't good. I didn't do that well, right? So all then all of these narratives and all of these thoughts, mm -hmm. you know, get into our heads. So for sure, from the from the very thought, from the very idea, right? And, and a lot of scholars come to this space with, um, I'm not creative or this isn't creative work. As you were saying, I'm just, you know, supposed to do this thing. And that's where I'm trying to, to create this, this idea mm. of getting out of our headspace 
and into this heart space of everything we do from this from the inception of the idea is a creation yeah right so it is a creation and it is creative in some some way or fashion mm -hmm. so so we have to and i love that you also do this to talk about the empowerment um to to infuse the um small acts of self-compassion and of self-care and um all of these things to have this energy right to show up and and do impactful work and to to do the work that that we've been called to do or we've been meant to do or that that we have the passion for mm -hmm. so i think that's really important too that through this um through this space that you're creating, this this space for being vulnerable and this vulnerability, that you're also empowering people, right? Through through self-care and through compassion, that they have to show up and do this work that they were called to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even as you were talking, I was thinking about with scholars, there's this, especially as you get into the higher levels, master's and PhD work mm -hmm. and all of that, where it it it's like deeply personal to you, right? It's not yes. just writing an essay in your undergrad degree that you just have to, because it's one of the early introduction mm -hmm. foundational courses in your area of study, right? There's this, there also is this, it, it, you care deeply about this topic enough to spend all your, yes. a whole season or seasons of, and a lot of struggle mm -hmm. in that too, right? Of putting, wrestling through that message and that research yeah. and getting that out. It, it's very vulnerable to put yourself out there in that way, mm -hmm. right? And so even if, if there, it does need critique and formation from the community and the mentoring and all of that, it, it if you're not aware of those internal dynamics, that could be really, yes. I mean, that's a lot yes. of where my perfectionism comes from in anything that I'm doing. It's because of the mm -hmm. stories I'm attaching to. Yes, this is a huge part of me and it, yeah. it birthed it, but I am not it also, <laughs> right? Absolutely. I am not defined by whether it is a quote unquote success or not deemed mm -hmm. by me or anybody mm -hmm. else in that sense, right? And so yeah. I, I, I do believe that that those internal or a broader, both internal, but also more holistic metrics of how we define our success of that project or that whatever it is that we're working on, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's hard without intentionality to distance ourselves from that too. Like to be, to have a healthy connection, like I'm proud of this. This is, you know, what I am offering, but I am also mm -hmm. not it mm -hmm. either, right? And my life will not end if <laughs> the feedback is not great this time yes. or whatever, right? Or if I decide to leave and move on, evolve into something else later, right? Yeah. It can be hard sometimes Absolutely. to let things go. <laughs> For sure, for sure. So what so what what um what technique or mechanism or suggestion do you give to your own students or do you to your own self about um not being attached or holding it loosely? That's a good question. Um let me think about that for a moment. Take a moment. Yeah. I feel like the first the first piece is actually just the, the self-awareness piece like we're just becoming aware oh this is kind of I'm, I'm putting a lot of meaning into this or a lot of weight into what what how people are going to receive this or sometimes it even is some, something as simple as I shared there there's another artist friend of mine we're in a whatsapp group together there's just three of us and she is mm -hmm. she's an incredible artist like she could make a living selling her things kind of a thing. Like, uh -huh. I, just, I sell stuff on Etsy, whatever, right? But <laughs> she's her work. Anyway, so she 
is very open in that WhatsApp thread because it's very small and protected uh, in sharing yes. her work regularly, just drafts and all the different things. And there's something about it that's like, you know, I'll look at that and I'll be like, oh, it's so like, it's just becoming aware of like, oh, the, on the one hand, I'm aware that there's, there's a d stuff coming up for me. It's like, oh, I wish I could do uh -huh. that. That's beautiful. Yes. There's the admiration, the positive stuff. Then there's like, oh, I could never do that. How come my mm -hmm. work can't do, like, I don't mm -hmm. know if I could ever do that. Could I ever get my mm -hmm. work to that level? And there's all these things. So the first piece is just awareness uh, and becoming present and connected to yeah. those stories are happening right now. Right. And then taking a beat, taking a breath. And yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where, where's, that's so curious. Where is that coming from? Mm -hmm. Right. Why is it that I think that? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Where did I learn that? And um, and just beginning to self-soothe and self, just meeting ourselves in that place, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and just beginning to like, okay, that's there. I don't really like that part of myself. It's not so pretty. <laughs> it's a bit of a shadow. <laughs> but okay, at the same time, I can still appreciate the beauty of this yeah. thing that I feel a little jealous of, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I can also receive the inspiration of that there's no reason why you can't do that if you want to try that, right? Absolutely. And, and then moving back into the situation, okay, she wants feedback. She needs this. She wants to to see what do you see? Like she she mm -hmm. wants the work to be acknowledged, especially the the mm -hmm. early drafts where she's looking mm -hmm. for that that formation, yeah. the formative feedback, right? Um, whether mm -hmm. it, and and there's there's no. She's, it's not even a right or wrong response. It's just like, oh, I see this shape. Uh, I see this mm. color. This is what strikes me. This is how I feel about it, right? And so then it becomes an opportunity for connection. And instead of getting spiraling in my own whatever yes. it is that I'm dealing yes. with, right? Yeah, yeah. Then it's not about you anymore. It's yeah. really about the work and her work. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ego then is out, out of the way because you're That's not right. thinking about self. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So you brought up a really interesting uh, notion of this could be inspiration. Where else do you draw your inspiration from? That's a great question. I I feel like I get it from everywhere, like everywhere. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm learning more. I'm later in life self-diagnosed with ADHD. Apparently women okay. in my age group in our 40s and 50s it's this the highest undiagnosed group um uh -huh. and so I'm starting to realize that's just how my brain works I have all these connections right so but a lot of it a main source of it is through words and conversation so that's why I love mm. conversations like this or having hosting conversation circles mm -hmm. um but also just um I I do when I read other stories or when I see movies or uh watch mm -hmm. tv shows I and yeah, there's sometimes a Netflix binging, but at the heart of it, if I'm not coming from a place of avoidance and escape, it's because the stories inspire me. I can mm -hmm. usually see some kind of a larger metaphor, right? Mm -hmm. and, and those are more like formed stories, right? Obviously, they're very highly produced, you know, by the time they get to you on, on Netflix. Mm -hmm. But I realize I'm also, I see, I get a lot of inspiration just from daily life things. Right. So for example, mm -hmm. um, I'm spending some time with my parents and they are 
the they're opposites, polar opposites. But the one one of the common things they have um, is they garden together. And so my dad will do the weeding and all of that hard work <laughs> that my mom doesn't want to do. And then my mother does does a lot. She just gets so much joy from that whole process of watching looking for those tiny little shoots that are coming up and mm. um, learning lessons like, oh my gosh, all these years I've been picking mm -hmm. my strawberries too early and that's why they're not <laughs> sweet and they're not big enough or whatever. And so there's all these lessons that we can learn about growth and nurture and seasons and fruit yeah. and all of these things that I'll just come up with all these ideas or mm -hmm. lessons to learn mm -hmm. from these little vignettes from life for example, right? Yes. Um, or even like washing dishes. I mean, I don't like washing dishes, but it's always like, there's always that lesson to me. Oh, you you didn't wash your dishes right away and there's no judgment there, but there's also, it's going to take you a little while harder because the food is now crusted on there. So it's going to yes. take some time to like, let the water and the soap kind of do its work. And if you actually just let it sit there for a little while, it'll actually come off easier, right? And mm -hmm. so- how much is that like with my internal soul or with my physical mess in my room, for example, the longer I leave it, the harder it's going to, yeah. it's going to take some time to kind of get in that space where I'm, I'm willing and ready mm -hmm. to do that cleaning work. Mm -hmm. Right. So anyway, so I get it from everywhere. In short, I pretty much get it from anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So you have this beautiful post on Instagram uh, and I think it was, uh, it's a while ago, maybe a year or so ago. And you talk about how the body interprets positive stress the same as it interprets negative stress. And I think this really it talk, it talks larger to what we've been talking about as well with um, perfectionism or showing up and creating these spaces for people. So you talk about how the stress is, is the same for the body and how it processes it. And knowing when the warning signs of an empty tank right? When you should fill your tank and when it's time for a deeper refuel, which I think is beautifully written and, and put. Would you say a bit more about how you personally know when it's time for a deeper refuel and how you may refuel? That's a great question. Um, that question of filling our cup is an interesting one because real, I'm realizing as I more when I do workshops that are not even about creativity, but more about burnout and mental health. And that's just mm -hmm. focused on that conversation because I'm a multiple burnout survivor. Um, that I've, I'm starting to realize that that concept of like, do you know what fills your cup? It's actually mm -hmm. not not always that intuitive. And it, and mm -hmm. to make it trickier, we're organic and evolving beings. So it might be yes. what you what might refill your cup right now might not be what used to fill, fill your cup. Yeah. Or especially with burnout, because burnout is a tricky, it's a tricky animal, right? It's a tricky mm -hmm. season because you're not yourself anymore in that state, yes. right? So the things that you need to refill you then is probably going to be different than when you're your you're normal baseline self, right? Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of like what fills my cup or just encouraging people to think of that, I'm, I'm just starting to think more deeply about um, different types of rest, so when we mm. talk about, oh, it's the weekend, rest well. I hope you can rest well, right? We just finished mm -hmm. this big conference for my work and my boss is like, okay, I'll, I'm tapped out till Tuesday. Great, rest well, right? But what does that mean to say rest well yeah. to yourself or to somebody else, right? And again, I'm literally just on the cusp of this. So these are some kind of mm -hmm. forming thoughts of, mm -hmm. you know, obviously there's physical rest, like you're sleepy, right? You need to take yes. some rest, right? The other day, 
um, my mother was yawning and it's like, she was, I was like, just go to bed, like, just go to bed and wake up in the morning, uh -huh, even if, uh -huh. if you need a nap, and then you'll be able to come and do this highly executive functioning task easier, right? Why are you pushing yourself, even though mm -hmm. I do the same thing to myself, right? So physical rest mm -hmm. is the most obvious one, right? Um, I finished a interprovince move. And when I came back, I slept 20 hours straight. Well, that makes sense, right? I had no alarm right. or boundary and my body just needed extra time to sleep mm -hmm. after expending all that extra energy, right? Um, then there's also like mental rest, but even mm -hmm. that could probably be divided up um, in terms of like, when you say the concept of Sabbath rest, right? Whatever that looks mm -hmm. like for somebody. Mm -hmm. um, if you are like, so if I, so someone might be like, oh, you do calligraphy, right? So I probably, for me, when I do calligraphy on my Sabbath rest, it probably is not gonna, I shouldn't be doing worksheets for my students. Mm -hmm. it's, it, that's actually, and that's something that I'm, I'm having to revisit right now where all mm -hmm. of the work that I do for a good season was not even coming for myself and it wasn't coming from an inspired place. So mm. it, it, that kind of work, art had become work to me. And so mental rest should be, or I think some of the guidelines for thinking about what mental rest looks like would be yeah. something that's different than what you normally do, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. say, you know, for a scholar um, and someone who enjoys writing, sure, you're passionate about your topic, but you need to take a break from it. So try yes. something else. either write about a different topic or uh, try poetry, Try like try a different form, yes. right? Yes. And so, yeah. I, I mean, last year I went through a pretty major reset. I was exiting a relationship, long-term relationship with a narcissist. And a big mm -hmm. part of when there was all of this stuff that came up, plus there was, mm -hmm. it was an interracial relationship. There was some, there was some racial injustice that was happening in the situation mm. as well. So there's all this stuff coming up that was way beyond my normal capacity to even journal about it. Mm -hmm. And interestingly mm -hmm. enough, poetry came and found me. I had, when I had no words and my pragmatic way, sometimes of writing, it didn't serve, it, yeah. it, was, it didn't work for me anymore. So I just, it just started pouring out into poetry. So mental rest and cognitive rest is like something that's different than what your normal mode is. Right. Um, yeah. And maybe I'll just stop there, but like you can fill out all the other, like there's spiritual rest and um, creative rest and, yes. you know, like all these kinds of social rest, right? Mm -hmm. um, what do you actually need in that moment, right? And so mm -hmm. I've realized coming back here right now, in a, I've moved back with my parents for a season and mm -hmm. I have the social interaction I get with them every day over dinner is about all I can handle in terms of mm -hmm. like, in a like I, I don't have, I haven't even reached out to my long-term friend, like my childhood mm -hmm, friends. Mm -hmm. And it's been a couple months already. And that's just because I'm in a different space right now. I'm in a cocoon yes. phase. I'm just kind of in yes. reflection after a big baseline reset last year. And it's just being aware of that. It's like, okay, my social capacity is lower in terms of in-person interactions right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And just becoming aware, what are those different tanks? What are those different types mm -hmm. of our lives? areas of our lives where yeah. um, we're depleted in some way, right? Yeah. Um, and it could be as simple as I'm thinking about if there's any um, any uh, parents out there, right? And you're studying and you're trying to- Absolutely. And you're going into these caves of writing and research sometimes, and then you've got your disconnection with your family. And what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Maybe rest mm -hmm. actually just completely leaning into that family time, right? Yes. For for your rest or whatever, right? So anyway, so th those kinds of things, just be getting curious about actually what's the energy required 
to output and and is there a regenerative energy that comes back when I'm doing that thing right now Mm -hmm. and if it's Mm -hmm. no longer there for a season to try something else and to be okay with the fact that you're evolving your practice in some way um, or that that activity in some way Mm -hmm. I love that I love that you're you're reflecting especially on the season that you're in right now of how can rest, how, what are the different ways that I need to rest? And it may not be the same way that I thought about rest before. I love that. Right now I have a summer rejuvenation program going on. Um, and I have a group of, of scholars, uh, uh, leadership scholars that are in this program. They've reached out to me and said, Hey, can we, can we get something for the summer? You know, we need to, we need to just recharge a bit. You know, there were some, we had a heavy semester. Um, we just hold some space for us and we can do some, some different techniques and things like that. And I was like, absolutely. I was totally on board with that because the way that you're talking about rest now is the way that they needed rest yes. for this summertime in order to recharge right for next semester and be prepared um, to give of themselves again, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing that they only had a limited time. I mm-hmm. love that idea of how you're reframing this idea of rest. Yeah. And I think it's, it's not only just like earlier when we were just saying it's, it's not just about, okay, this didn't used to work for me or now it works for me, Mm -hmm. but it's also like, just because other people have suggested it should work Mm -hmm. because in the, in the space of wellness and quote unquote self-care, I mean, I actually don't even like that term. I only use it because it requires less explaining, (laughs) but the the definition (laughs) of it is very like, you know, there's, you know, go take a bubble bath and have a glass of wine. It might be that, but it might Mm -hmm. not be that either. And so Mm -hmm. the main piece is to stay connected with yourself and go, oh, is that actually what is needed for me? And, and it it, it amazes me how many, particularly women um, that I work with who actually, they're not even aware. And they're just like, I I tried that, but it's not working for me. Okay. Well, let's, let's get curious. Why is that not working? Let's try something else. Uh Right. uh Um, And that you can try something and and it not work out and that's okay that just means that you know that that doesn't work for you right now <laughs> you can try something yes. else then <laughs> i think another another point of consideration is that um it can be cultural as well the Absolutely. way we care for ourselves mm-hmm. can be cultural as well 100%. so this self-care yeah so this this notion of um the westernized way of self-care and the way we see on TV and, you know, Hollywood version of self-care with the bubble baths and with the candles and, you know, you're drinking wine and you're right. So it's this glamorized idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Once I, I finish with this, then I'll be perfect and I'll be ready and rejuvenated. And that may not be the case at all, especially mm-hmm. uh, in a cultural setting when we think about different cultural ways of caring for ourselves and caring for others as well. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I do, that's the other piece that I'm wrestling with the self-care language in the westernized model. It is very, it it, it is, dare I even say, elitist where it's, and I'm I'm trying to be really careful, even as I kind of retool everything in this season. I don't, I'm going to stop using that language. Well, treat yourself. You deserve it. Well, it's not that it's not true, but no, it doesn't require money to do this either right? And it doesn't require a lot of fancy things to access this. And I always, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I've always felt, even though I don't have um, young children of my own, I've always felt bad for, no, not badly, but my heart feels for young moms, for example, and young Mm -hmm. parents, where Mm -hmm. they can't just go away and have silence. 
like going mm-hmm. to the bathroom is like <laughs> their little place. Like you get two minutes of quiet, right? So you get that because you see the little hand under the door, <laughs> or it's not, just, or like there's actually like pounding on the door, yeah, or the bed, or yeah. and so that requires a whole redefinition of how do you have that internal sense of support, yes. self-support Absolutely. in a season where it has to look like that. Or, you know, as sometimes uh, my mom, moms and aunties will say, you want a quiet space, you know, that has all the spacious, whatever. Well, back in, back in the day when we 10 of us shared an apartment or whatever, exactly. right? And, yes, or like yes. some immigrant families, that's a reality. No, well, it's going to have to look very different. Right. And mm-hmm. in addition to that, there's a, I wish I could remember who put this idea in my head for the first time because it's not my idea but just this idea it's not self like self-care is a little bit of a mis- it's not the right like it, it's not helpful language because it's it there it lacks the community element mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. care and support yes right and that self-care often actually should include would be better mm-hmm. to be more holistic to include a community sense of care right yeah um, especially yeah. with coming out of the pandemic and how we were all struggling mm-hmm. with loneliness and disconnection mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and self-care really actually meant being with other people <laughs> in a meaningful way. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But also integral into our own uh, communities and the cultural communities is the aspect of community and is yes. the aspect of sharing space and coming together for a meal and things mm-hmm. like that. And that is a way that a lot of people revive and rejuvenate and, you know, those sorts of things. So that aspect should not be overlooked as well with the cultural component of how, how are we caring for ourselves and how do we do this and do it well, do it the right way for me and do it the right way for my community and for my space. Yeah. Yes. I love that you yeah. brought that in. Yeah. 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 So this ties right into a thought that just came into my head because you are a social impact calligrapher, right? So you also do justice-oriented work. Your your work is focused in a justice-oriented space and supporting community causes. Why is that why is that so integral into your work? That is that's a good question. I feel like that kind of before I started offering workshops, and it was just for me mostly, right? Mm-hmm. It naturally, because my background is in the nonprofit world, um, it, it naturally, that's just my expression of it. I'm not just going to write, I mean, I do write affirmations, yes, but that's not just where I'm going to stay, right? Yes. Um, and so for me, yeah. it, it was a very natural space to do that, um, to mm-hmm. use my gifts in that particular way. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's something, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where, where the work, the work, I need to feel like the work matters, right? Mm-hmm. This goes back to, okay, there's this little story I'll share here, a brief story. Um, when I was yeah. in uh, my undergrad, I was part of a co-op program, co-op work, student work internship program. And mm-hmm. my first job was with this government, uh, with a government agency. And I wrote this, my work report, I wrote this super detailed instruction manual on my job for the next student Mm -hmm. to be able to read it, right? And it was disappointing that only two people read it, my or three people, my supervisor at work, my co-op supervisor, Mm -hmm. and then the other student, right? And I was like, I poured all this work into it, and there was no other (laughs) outcome out of that, right? So for my next placement my next government job I was like okay I'm going to write a guide a guide for students of how to make it through 
you know, the whole government behemoth and that corporate world, right? Mm -hmm. And my co-op supervisor took that little, I made it a fun little newsletter and she took it and she photocopied it for all of the, you know, the 30 students who were going to be working for government jobs the next time, right? And that story, it only just came to me now where it's like, that's where I began to be very, even at that age of my early 20s, I became very intentional about any work that I do needs to have multiple mm. purposes it has it has mm -hmm. i want it to have multiple audiences and purposes and i know we talk sometimes mm -hmm. in the business world of niching down right yes but no not so much that only like such a few small people you know will be able to benefit from it right but like so for me it there's that element there but if we're going to talk mm -hmm. about social calligraphy when i first started doing these meetups these art meetups where you just bring your own stuff or whatever um it, it was la it wasn't even about the the justice piece but the social also meant about the social connection right so yeah. if i'm writing you a personally handmade christmas card right yes you're the only audience technically i mean unless you put it up in your house and somebody looks at it right but even that that's it that to me is like the the, the social impact too where it's like it that it actually does it serves a very clear purpose that I have. I want to mm -hmm. uplift you or extend some gratitude or celebrate something or just even update you, right? Personally as a friend or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And so there, there is that piece for me. I think maybe it's just the extrovert in me and that immigrant child that wants to be part of the circle, right? Yes. I, where <laughs> I want the work to like go outside of just myself, right? So, mm -hmm. but from, from the justice perspective, I think that's something I'm just exploring even more intentionally now um, in this yeah. season that, the world is finally, um, yeah, like that. I feel like I've been saying, I've been realizing post COVID um, or during COVID, and then with the anti Asian racism that started mm -hmm. to come. I mean, it was it, like we know racism has always been there. Yes. But it's the first time that it actually made the news enough that even the Asian community started to realize, oh, maybe this is actually a thing. Mm. And I feel like the Asian, now, I don't want to speak for the whole Asian community, but for me, sure. it, feels a little bit like I feel a little bit like my community is like a toddler in the area of racial identity and awareness and standing in our voice and power in the sense that it's not that we don't have a history, uh, a history of race racism but we've mm -hmm. never talked about it because our culture is so about keeping appearances and not yeah. not um rattling the boat at all and just stick in and I, I mean, opening up a can of worms, model minority myth, all of those pieces. And mm -hmm. I've, I've been learning so much and so grateful for um, in Black and Indigenous communities and the, the mm -hmm. longer history they have been working through this because we're just yes. beginning or I'm just beginning those little, that journey, right? Yes. And so I'm very curious to explore to see where that goes in my work. Um, yeah. And right now it's not even artistic. It's mostly just having conversation circles um, and hosting yes. spaces in that way. Right. And yeah, letting yes, the words because be. Because you do. Yeah. yeah, you do hold, you do have uh, a couple of community spaces for Asian and Pacific Islanders. Um, tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. That one, it's it's in progress. So what happened was during at the height when it started to hit the news, when all the elderly Asian folks were um, start, particularly because I was living in Vancouver at the time, where it is the mm -hmm. one of the larger Asian populations in Canada, and so 
just down there was one the news one day where it was it wasn't even an elderly person it was a young person it was saturday morning broad daylight just outside of where my office space would be um and mm -hmm. it was a you know a physical attack right and so when that started to come up i just checked in there's another whatsapp thread of i happen to have a lot of therapisty and so, uh, social worker friends very gifted to have mm -hmm. them in my life and i just you know whatsapp thread just checking in how are y'all doing right how is yes. this kind of sitting with you and um, one of my friends who, she's Filipino and she lives, she was, um, she's deeply connected to her community. She goes, I've just been having a lot of conversation with my cousins and extended family and stuff. And she was like, yeah, it's a lot. And she and I years ago had talked, just as she was working on her master's of counseling. And I already had all these creative ideas. I'm like, we could collaborate on doing these workshops with this and that, because I'm not a therapist, but you know, I could bring you in so that I'm, you know, not being yes. responsible with the things that I'm bringing up with people with art and stuff. And I said, what if, and it, it's the, one of the few times where a collaboration effort, it, it was something else. It was a life be, beyond just me. It was not just mm -hmm, my vision. Mm -hmm. It kind of, the vision was the boss. It took us on this path. And um, so between that thread and then there was another, there's four of us in a conversation um, and we were just chatting about all the stuff that was happening. And they were, whenever I'm with those friends, there's a before them, they talk shop a lot, like psychology uh, shop and, you know, client yes. work and the broken system and stuff. And they were, and I'm just like a fly on the wall, soaking it mm -hmm. all in because I'm not a professional in that way. And I just said, hey, uh, if I were to organize a panel, would you be interested in participating? Because I feel like the stuff that you're talking about here, a larger more people need to hear this work, right? I just yes. feel, I'm just soaking it up like a sponge. And like, sure, you organize it, we'll, we'll show up, right? And so mm -hmm. I, through that, we ended up doing a five person panel, um, just talking about blending mental health and racism and the psychology mm -hmm. that happens. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what about the, the hard conversations with yourself and with other people? who are close to you yes. what's the psychology why is it why is there resistance how do we actually enter that space gently mm -hmm. when all of these defenses come up right because mm -hmm. it's such a vulnerable space right and so yeah that's kind of how it started and then we kind of hosted some a couple circles for people to so i took my facilitation skills and and just created a space um, for people to share how they're feeling about everything but also just their own stories and of just this is not just for the Asian community, but like bringing a stinky lunch to school and how I never felt, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's so many people who thought that's who had that story was like, I just want to blend in. I don't want to stick out at all. So please yes. just give me a boring white sandwich, mom, <laughs> even though wontons <laughs> are my favorite thing. I don't want them to come to school because they're stinky. Right. <laughs> like yeah. we yeah. shared stories like that. Right. And so those circles, they were they ended up becoming um, a seasonal thing where it was my way of processing my own stress around everything. And I needed to feel like I could do something. Um, and so, but I want to revisit it in this next chapter, yes. this next season to see what it'll yeah. come, what will come out of it. Cause it is a different audience than I typically um, work with. Um, but I feel like that's, you know, when we think about our unique voice and story, that's something that I uniquely can do that, uh, just someone else maybe won't be able to do that, right? Or another calligrapher, yeah. or another artist or yeah. writer or Absolutely. whatever, right? So so we'll see. Well, that's in progress. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love it. I love it. And I love the idea. And I we would definitely support you in that for sure. Um, as if, it, if you decide to continue to grow it. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> that's the way that it goes. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
Is there anything that I haven't asked that that you want us to know? And we, we're we're still going to continue our conversation, but is there anything yeah. on your heart now that that yeah. is like, yeah, I need to say this or I need to share this? Let me think about that. I always try not to for this this question that tends to come at the end of conversations like this. I don't pre-script anything. Um, because I yes. believe it comes from, I feel like this conversation that we've had has been so rich. Um, I agree. It's not, we, it's not just with the art and just with the mm -hmm. writing, but we've talked about bigger issues and how, mm -hmm. why it matters, these spaces um, of vulnerability and creation and bravery. So let's call it yes. that, right? So, but I think yes. the, the thing that I'm learning the most personally right now that connects with rest, it connects with uh, creativity. It connects with vulnerable, doing anything vulnerable for the first time. Mm -hmm. It connects with doing um, any hard work around um, attitudes or beliefs, um, racism, mm -hmm. any ism. Mm -hmm. um, it's just being gentle and taking small steps mm. um, and just being, being aware that it takes time Yeah, with mm -hmm. these big things that we're trying, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Trying new things. Um, and whether it be doing art or writing or putting yourself out there in some way where yes. it's meaningful work. Cause I often, I talk a lot to entrepreneurs as well. And obviously they're, they're very married to their work too. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's just being, being um, aware that it's very vulnerable to do all of those things and to put those things mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. in the world, or even for yourself to do something new for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and, the, yeah. and rather than kind of a, I must do this thing or even I'm really inspired and I want to go all out, right? All or nothing kind of thinking, right? Um, but be gentle. Go see where it leads and can we do it in a sustainable way, right? Um, yes. And be curious that way and hold things loosely as we try them. Yes. So I love that you bring that up. And in, in my own coaching practice with my clients, um, we have, I have this this thing that I, that I, I tell them to... Um, attend to your capacity right so yes. take small sips just small sips of the work you know at a time and it's not that we have to take a big gulp and try to do everything at once but just take a small sip right as we are continuing to move the needle and move forward in our work and then we help and 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 how we understand how we enter into spaces and then our own um just our own embodiment Right. So just taking the small sips and then those small sips can really add up and, and lend to something bigger. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that without us feeling overwhelmed or that we have to do everything at once or even something so large at once um, that it, it just feels too much, you mm -hmm. know, at that time. I love yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so we do have a segment called off the cuff okay and it is just it is a random question that someone sends us so we okay. ask you just a random question okay um and if you're it's if fine. you're into like, it yeah let's do yeah, it yeah, okay okay good, good i love randomness <laughs> so uh, and this one i thought oh this isn't that random of a question you know we've had some <laughs> random questions but I, I this this is a good one as well so this question uh comes from eric from kansas city and his question is, what do you like to do for fun? <laughs> That's, 
You know, it's actually not that random because it connects to the earlier part of our conversation <laughs> around what is rest? Like, what's fun to you, right? Like, this is um, not a random question. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the first, I mean, the first two things for me, fun is like being with uh, close, my close people, right? Where yes. I can be off the cuff, right? And I can be my hundred miles a minute yes. motor mouth self, right? <laughs> and I know I won't be judged for it, right? And they can keep yes. up uh, or they can tell me it's too much, whatever. Um, so being with people that are like a comfortable blanket to me, right? No judgment mm -hmm. where I can, it doesn't even matter what I look like or if I've got pants on or not or whatever, right? Exactly. There's that. Um, and then food, and food brings me joy. And that's very mm -hmm. much a part of my cultural identity where we gather around food and that's the love language of my grandmother. Like, have you yes. eaten yet? That's how you say hello and I love you, right? <laughs> So yeah, food and food and people, good people. Those are what I do for fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Shout out to Eric for submitting the question. Uh, if anyone who's listening or watching wants to submit a question for an off the cuff segment, uh, send them to hello at Sienna and slate.com. So Justine, as we begin to wrap up our time together, um, what are you working on? How can we support you? Where can we find you? So, uh, most, mostly you can find me on, in, I'm going to say Instagram, but it doesn't look <laughs> like I'm active there because I'm currently burnt, like re-examining re my relationship with social media. But I do know what I love yes. about social media is the connecting. So I'm not posting right now, um, but I'm active in the DMs there. So please find okay. me there. Um, it just flows is the handle. Um, or I'm also, uh, you can find me at my website, which is itjustflows.com. Uh, and this summer I'm kind of revisiting and coming again, pivoting the online piece uh, for sure. Yeah. And so if anybody has any, if you want to be a guinea pig in any way, in terms of like, <laughs> hey, I want to try some recordings or like, I want to see what that's like to experiment. Um, yeah, you can find me. Yeah. Uh, on my website there so yeah absolutely absolutely so all of this information will be in the show notes Great. and we will also showcase some of Justine's work um as well as the the um episode is released and then you can continue to go and follow her on Instagram and go and check her out on her website at itjustflows.com so as we end our time, thank you for listening and watching. Uh, please subscribe to the show, share it with a friend, write a review, leave a five-star rating, and follow us on social media. If you have an idea or would like to be a potential guest or are interested in learning more about uh, the work that we're doing at CNN Slate or any of our guests, just reach out to us at hello at cnnslate.com and we will see you soon. Take care. Bye, thank you so much. As we end our time, Thank you for listening and watching. Please subscribe to this show, share it with a friend, leave a review or a five-star rating, and follow us on social media. If you have an idea for a show or would like to be a guest on the podcast, then reach out to us at hello at cnnslate.com.